Howdy, howdy, y'all. I'm Curtis Sunset. And I'm Leo Halston. And, and this is Weathery Rainbows. Welcome back to Weathering Rainbows. Uh, this is our special Christmas edition. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays and whatever else you want to celebrate. You know, happy, merry, everything as our Christmas card set. Yes. <laughs> so yes. before we get uh, into our program, I just want to say a personal thank you uh, to all of our listeners and the people that reached out to me. Uh, in regards to the devastating uh, tornado that struck Western Kentucky this past uh, week, yeah. it's um, it was definitely a, a devastating thing for me to to witness. And uh, having having known several of the people that were uh, whose lives were taken, yeah. and um, you know, it was it was just a, it was a really rough week for me. But what was very inspiring is just how many people, you know messaged me to just ask if I was okay, mm-hmm. uh, how many people <clears throat> donated and asked how they could help. And it's always amazing to me how Kentuckians come together uh, whenever something that's such a tragic moment like that happens. And and we're also praying for all the families out there and that lost loved ones and lost their homes and everything of their own, you know, unfortunately, it's, yeah. and it's a, um, unexpected. For those of you that know, I'm also a lawyer, and we actually lost one of our judges, uh, mm-hmm. who was actually the first judge that I ever practiced in front of as a member of the Kentucky Bar, and so that was very devastating to me. That was uh, a lot of the reason I was very quiet last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's He leaves behind three children and a wife, um, and it's just, it's been very uh hard for me to even really talk a lot about it yet. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, my brother is actually was the sheriff uh, of McLean County. And so he was one of the first responders at uh, the, the Bremen area where the tornado mm-hmm. was uh, in its, uh, I guess, uh, most severe form at that point. Yeah. Um, and he just talked about some of the traumatic things that, that happened. And it's, I can't imagine being there, you know, just hearing about it is difficult for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so let's, uh, I do want to say some good news, uh, that we got and that is, uh, weathering rainbows, uh, was admitted to be, uh, part of anchors new video program, uh, which is where people are going to be able to see our videos on Spotify. So directly on Spotify, you'll be able to watch our podcast videos. Uh, so if you've been listening on Apple Podcast, now you've got a reason to kind of maybe slide on over to Spotify uh, so that you can see us while we talk. Yes. <laughs> put, a, put a face with the voice, honey. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And this is a, it's a very new program, uh, something that Anchor just launched. Uh, I am very excited that we got selected to even be a part of this um, because it is a selection process and they want to know that you're going to produce good quality video and sound. And uh, so I'm just super excited that we were even selected. So that's some big news for us. Yeah, it's exciting news. So yay. Yay, yay, yay. Let's get into Snow White. And the Seven Drag Queens Holiday oh. Edition. Yes. <laughs> yes, honey. Yes. Snaps. Yes. yes. I, I, Standing ovation <clears throat> times 10, yeah. I, in my opinion. Um, you know, Tony Lewis, is a, he's great at what he do. Um, and once again, Gilda Wabbit, you know, she never disappoints. You know, she played two characters and was on point each character, you know, so, but the whole cast was amazing. I'm so proud. So I saw this show when it was the Chicago cast and it was Snow White and Seven Drag Queens. And Tony's goal was, since he was in Louisville now, he wanted to have a Louisville cast. And I'm very proud of Louisville and the cast and the talents that was in that um, production on Saturday night. Super amazing. I still get yeah. chills like uh, Dusty Ray Bottoms. Oh, my God. Like yes. as the evil queen. Amazing. Yes. I think and I heard so many people say this after the show. Uh, Dusty Ray Bottoms and Gilda Wabbit need like their own independent duo show. Like that was just uh, incredible. Yeah. Whenever yeah. they well, were playing, you know, the, the mirror and the, yeah. and the evil queen. It I was, was just like they were just on point. So good. Well, I'm, I, I don't want to leak any information, but you know, I sit backstage. <laughs> so there may be some talks about mm -hmm. them doing a show together, which will be super amazing. And they just, they complimented each other yeah. so well during yeah. that show. It's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you have not gotten a chance to see this show, yeah, go see it. And in all honesty, like I did <clears throat> not. I did not expect that type of show because yeah. I had not seen it in the past yeah. and just how like it did incorporate, it incorporated yeah. drag, but it incorporated theater in such yes. a way that it was just a whole yeah. new experience. Yeah. And so that's what I loved about it. I'm hoping that he does, he does the Derby version. Uh, Cause I've seen both just the regular Snow White and the seven drag Queens. And then I've seen the Derby version. So I, I, I do if he does keep doing these holiday versions, uh, I love it. You know, change it up. He's so quick, you know, with the jokes and the humor in in these in this production. So, uh, kudos to Tony Tony Lewis, and you know, he was super excited about his plaque. He was super excited about the interview. So, uh, we we oh, yeah. were so grateful to have him on the show. So. And, and what a very just talented man, you know, hopefully he's trying to get me to do one of these productions, but I don't know, you know, honey, it costs a lot of money for this voice, honey, you know. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, double time, double pay right there. You know, I, so. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't sing in my, uh, love making Barry white voice for everybody. <laughs> Ooh. You know, I think that is a great segue into talking about what you and I get to start doing and uh, on Spotify. Okay. And that is, we are going to be helping uh, make some very fun new playlists. Oh. Um, so we have our playlist out there for those that want to go follow it uh, for all of our upcoming 
uh, musical guest. Mm -hmm. uh, so we take songs from each musical guest and we add it to our Weathering Rainbows like uh, creators playlist so that everybody knows where to go find uh, some of the people that we've interviewed. Yeah. Uh, but something we're going to start doing is creating fun playlists like uh, what songs to play during boom, boom time, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> I, You know what? I am so mad that you call it boom, boom time. Cause I read that text <laughs> and I was like, boom, boom time. Wait a minute now, honey, just, just come on now with it. You know, sex, love making, whatever you want to call it. I, I what love, songs but, uh, boom, do you boom, listen to during boom, boom, boom time? Boom, time. boom, time, is kinda, <laughs> boom, boom, boom time is cute for you, though. It's like, it's, I can picture you on a date, like, so you're ready to go <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> That's right. I can't say the words. That's just oh, awkward God. for me. Yeah. It's a podcast. I'm, they already know. That's I'm a, still this, a I'm, I'm trying to pull out stuff. your... I keep telling people I'm trying to pull out your freak flag. So, <laughs> you know me. There's no shame in my game. I'm I'm sorry. You know, it. You know, it, and it I know we I know occasion. we got we got some some listeners. So you know I'm not gonna drop the f word. You know I'm like right. baby, let's go f. You know I'm gonna do it. You know. Mm -hmm. All right. So what songs would everybody listen to when they go f? Is that what you're <laughs> 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 Okay, because listen, you okay? There for me, <clears throat> I got moods. There's music when mm. you want to make love. So you, when you want to make love, it needs to be like making love. And then there's music you want to play when you just want to f, you know. So right. it needs to be raunchy and nasty, you know. So mm -hmm. and then there's uh. Music when you just want to get it over with because it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> the countdown song. No, that's what we want. Like, okay. So 10 seconds or less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the shortest song I could put on? Okay. Two minute Tony Braxton song. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> just so everybody knows too. Uh, whenever I told Leo, we were going to start doing this and I said, what song uh, do you want to contribute to Boom Boom Time? She was like, who who listens to music when they do that? <laughs> exactly. It, okay, exactly. Who listens to music? Because I like natural sounds. You know, I want to hear the bed squeaking. I want to hear moaning and groaning. <laughs> you know, that's nat like that's music for me. You know, you want to hear the, the headboard bumping the wall, your neighbors beating on the wall saying, Stop it, shut up. <laughs> well, some of us need the little help with the rhythm, I guess, or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all this. I don't like, uh, I don't like quiet sex. I don't like quiet. If I'm, if if my partner or not, or whoever I'm with is silent, it's over. Just get up and go. Yeah. <laughs> I need we. I need some, you know, encouragement. You know it. Just quiet and silent is not for me. I can't do it. And I guess yeah. that's where the music come in, I guess. I don't know. I think there's different types of people out there for everything. It's. Uh, I think when we ask this question, uh, we'll probably end up having to make two lists. Like one for those like <laughs> slow and sensual people. And then others for like the like, you know, just crazy wild music that oh you know, yeah whatever <laughs> i mean yeah a lot of megan the stallion and you know mm -hmm. okay i'm gonna tell y'all like right now um the 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 two hookups i've had 
in the past week, I've just had my TV on with the fireplace playing in the back. <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> so it's very like crackles, you know, fire popping and, you know, mm-hmm. it's that. Uh, and I'll, I we, did learn that uh, she can't wear her Christmas sweater today's episode for some reason. I won't say why. We're not going to uh, say why. We're going to keep y'all wondering why I could not wear my Christmas sweater. But I look lovely in this red dress that I have on. You do. Uh, you do. So I was trying to find something very Christmassy, and I was like, uh, yeah. But what I wanted to wear was when you when I gave you my song that you made me reminisce about I said, oh, this is the outfit I need to have on when this song is playing. Mm-hmm. And then and you think- uh, went and recorded something from that uh, <laughs> that very evening, uh, which will uh, be on our OnlyFans, people, because we cannot publish that anywhere else, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, also, I, and, and, and since we're on the subject of, like, music and sex, we all, let's take a survey on, um, like, I want to know, do people like sex with the light on? Do you like sex with the light off? A candle? I like dark because I like sounds and I don't want to... I mean, I don't know. I just like dark because I make some ugly faces and I'm sure the person (laughs) makes some ugly faces. Like, I personally, my favorite is to have it dark. Maybe with a little uh, nightlight or something because... Uh, sometimes if it's a hookup, you want to check and make sure everything is right. See, that's that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm a lights on person because I don't want to get into anything that I was unprepared for. Okay, so. <laughs> oh God, I can see, I can already see y'all comments on this. Oh my God, it's gonna be crazy. We're gonna we are gonna get a little more crazy with as uh, 2022 progresses, and we yeah. will ask some of these questions on our Instagram. So come be a part of that and tell us your answers, and we'll start posting those statistics uh, in each of those episodes. Yeah. Uh, just something to make things a little more fun around here. Oh, yeah. And make 2022 that much better. Uh, uh-huh. So what was your song? Did you say what your... Uh, it was uh, Janet Jackson, Do You Mind. Uh, I, I forgot what album it was on. I want to say Velvet Rope. I'm not really sure what album, but it's called Do You Mind. And let me tell you something, Janet, If, if when she did that in concert... She did like this, uh, she pulled somebody up on stage and tied them up, blindfolded them, and she like, it was like this moving thing. She rode them and stuff, but the song is very sexual, and it talks about how she want to please it, please him and touch him and kiss Ooh. him and, li- you know, <laughs> it's a deep song. It is something that I would, once I heard it, I'm like, I would never listen to this in front of my mother. <laughs> <laughs> could not play this song but okay so do okay would that song be a love making song to you or would it be a f song see i think that's more of like the slow sensual love making song okay to me see when i think of uh like boom boom time song (laughs) (laughs) like the one that i've like been obsessed with is uh megan trainer's let you be right that's just like it's just this nice little groove and, you know, it's like I could just, you know, it's a fun makeout song and then that can lead to other things. So okay. I'm uh, I'm more of the, you know, I like the beats and, and stuff. I don't like right. the slow sensual. Okay. So um, let me ask you this. When you doing boom, boom and music is playing, do you try to boom, boom to the beat? I, it, sometimes. It, I mean, <laughs> to like, 
like you got to get with the the rhythm a little I bit. Mean, to... I, I mean, I guess I. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing as riding any other type of roller coaster. I mean, okay. you know, you just got like, to go okay. with the musical flow, right? Okay. So. <laughs> well, we going to see what kind of rhythm you have when we play Just Dance or something. Oh, gosh. Well, I've, I've got more rhythm than what people think I do. Okay. Okay. But I still, uh, I'm definitely no no magic mic or anything. So. Okay. okay. <laughs> Well, oh, um, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see people's uh, suggestions and what uh, songs. Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of songs out there. I just, there's so many. I mean, as much as we, as much as R. Kelly is a bad person. I'm, and, and, you know, that's just my opinion uh, because of things that he did. But he had some really good boom, boom music. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly yep. had really good boom, boom music, too. Uh, yep. So uh, there's just a lot of people, a lot of music out there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a guy. You, I mean, I'm pretty sure the, the listeners won't know. There's a guy, an artist called Keith Sweat. Like yes. his music was love making music. It mm-hmm. wasn't boom boom. Keith Sweat made honey them beats and that song made you just want to like yes, just all night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we will definitely, we got to create these playlists. So if, if you have a suggestion, uh, which I'll be posting about it more on our Instagram, but if you have a suggestion, please send it to us so that we can start creating these playlists for everybody out there. Yes. I need something to listen to at work. Well, maybe not at work because I'll be in the <laughs> mood. Work. I will be in the mood. <laughs> That's the thing. You'll be getting turned on at work. You don't need to do that. I know. I'll be cruising <laughs> the bathrooms at the hospital. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, you're banned from Spotify. We just, got, we just lost our we lost our sponsorship there. So, <laughs> wow. Oh Lord. Okay. Well, cut and paste. Get, cut and paste. Cut and paste. This one's got to be edited out, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we we do want to do our little uh, get to know you questions uh, since it is our Christmas episode. Let, yeah. I'm going to make mine more Christmassy themed. I didn't know you were going to do Christmas. I didn't know we were going to hit at the last minute. It was like Christmas theme. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it's five o'clock. <laughs> and we recorded like six o'clock. So she's like, okay, fine. I'll do this. But, but yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm wearing my little, uh, little Christmassy sweater for those of you just listening and not seeing. It's yeah. uh, a reindeer with little lights hanging down from the antlers. It said felt festive. Yeah. And then the bottom of it says, might delete later. So. Oh, that's so <laughs> yeah. cute. Also, you looked amazing. Uh, that was Friday night, right? Or I have been so many Christmassy parties. So I'm a huge sweater person, and yeah. so like, oh, it uh, was Friday night. Remember, mm-hmm. we stayed up very late. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. It was a lot of fun. That was a very nice invite to get to from uh, Joe and uh, Daniel's little yeah. Christmas party. Um, yeah. yeah, I dressed in that snow cool shirt and had yeah. the little reindeer bow tie and I had to be, you know, somewhat childish with my yeah. apparel. Yeah. <laughs> so, fun fact about this hat though. I don't know whose hat this is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you're, pulling a stunt. Left, you're pulling one of my stunts. It was left, uh, at this little, like little after thing that we had over at the apartment and these people just left this hat and I don't know whose it belongs to. So. If you see it and it's yours, let me know because I'll get it back to you. <laughs> I mean, recently? Yeah, like this past weekend. It was one of the people's there, so I don't know. We'll see. 
All right. Well, my question uh, to you, uh, Christmas themed, is going to be, uh, if you had a pet reindeer, what would you name it and why? I'm sorry. If I had a pet reindeer, I would name him. Uh, he would definitely have to be Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> After a real person. Okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, because, you know, I'm in love with Ryan Reynolds. And, uh, yeah, um, it'll be nice to be having a reindeer called Ryan. <laughs> Ryan the reindeer. I like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ryan you just Reynolds. want Ryan Reynolds to be pulling your sleigh is what you want. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that is true. Um, now, I, I think Ryan Reynolds, honestly, I'm not really good at pet names. Like, I've had several cats. And all of my cats' name were Smokey, which is Aww. weird, right? <laughs> I wouldn't say that's weird. I mean, that's uh, I used to have a dog named Smokey, so well, I think that's I, a pretty, it, it, pretty good name just, for a pet. Yeah, I've Smokey have been. I've had about five cats since in these forty six years, and each cat have been named Smokey. So you are to your cats what like Miranda Priestley was to all of her uh, <laughs> assistants. They're all Emily, all of them. Yes. <laughs> so they're all smoky. Yes. <laughs> all smoky. Yes. Yes. I'm, and I'm, I'm and I'm pretty sure the cats hate me. You know. And they and they and they've all been like uh, black. One was like a black cat named Smokey. And I had a, a white cat named Smokey. <laughs> and I had a gray cat named Smokey. So it has nothing to do with their looks. Then it's I just... had an orange cat named Smokey. And then the the, the last baby uh, that I've had the longest, um, he was a uh, Maine Coon in Himalayan mix. So his name was Smokey. <laughs> Ryan Smokey Reynolds <laughs> is probably what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm surprised I didn't even say Smokey. My reindeer name would be Smokey. Yeah. Let's let's change that. My reindeer name would be Smokey. What's one of your most cherished memories? And I mean, like I said, it could be Christmassy. It can be first time having sex. No, I don't cherish that at all. <laughs> that was not a cherished moment for me. <laughs> it was a very uh, painful moment, and it was not oh, a cherished one. So. No. <laughs> but, uh, I would say, I mean, if I'm going to go Christmassy, um, one of my most cherished Christmas moments, because I grew up, I was very, we grew up super poor. And that's yeah. like, I grew up in, uh, you know, the middle of nowhere and in, in mm -hmm. a very poor community. Mm -hmm. Um, so like for Christmas, we didn't never really get a lot. Uh, it wasn't like a big festivity type of thing. Uh, but I do remember one specific Christmas in which like, uh, my parents kind of went above and beyond and, and they bought me like, uh, cause I was a big Shaquille O'Neal fan. So like they got me a Jersey yeah. uh, and I used to be obsessed with like the Rugrats. Oh. So like I had like a whole bedding outfit and everything cause I was, yeah. and I don't even remember what age I was, but <laughs> it was I was obsessed with the Rugrats for a long time uh, as a kid. And so, like, I remember that Christmas really standing out to me because it was like they really went above and beyond to, like, yeah. show how much they cared, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And, and you um, know, we appreciate what we get, like, because I grew up 
uh, we grew up very poor too. And my mom, uh, I, at the time I was the only child and my mom worked her butt off. So, um, I didn't get a lot of presents, you know, right. like most of the kids that one, sometimes there was just one present, like a board game or maybe a pair of jeans or something. And, you know, yeah. um, I cherish that. I completely get that. And that's, uh, which I think that a lot of times like plays into like our love languages as adults. Like, cause yeah. we, you know, for us, like if it's, if you grew up not having a lot of gifts or something like yeah. I always want to like go above and beyond. Like that's yes. part of my like love language because yes. I didn't have it. So it was like, I, if I do this for other people, like it's my real, like I'm showing love to them, you know? So, yes. uh, so like, I don't know. That's, just something I've noticed as I've gotten older and uh, but it's it's not really about what you get or the yeah. you know the gifts it's it's about you know the love it's the and, and yeah the, family the and, love that put yeah it's the thought and that's put yeah. into it um and that, I, I think I was having a conversation with a girlfriend uh the other night and um you know my next journey is foster care and uh, my girlfriend said you're gonna be a great parent because like I I know I'll be a great parent because I'm gonna make sure whomever kid or whatever kid I get, I'm going to make sure that kid is taken care of. Like I, on to the point, I think I'm a spoil, like <laughs> I would make sure the kid don't, you know, go through what I went through, you know, cause I'm, yeah. I do that. And I, I think that's the, you know, I do that now in relationships, you know, like, you know, coming out of relationship, I want to make sure if I look nice, I want him to look nice. So I'm buying his clothes, you know, to make mm-hmm. sure he matched me. Oh, I get it. That's uh, I, and I do think that where we're from, we will make great parents because we will want to do that for our children yeah. and, and stuff. So, and you know, and it's like uh, a lot of my friends keep telling me they're like, if you quit raising your significant others, then you'd have chance to raise kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that, maybe that's my issue, you know. <laughs> that's our problem. That is our problem, honey. <laughs> Well, before we jump into uh, our last segment, which is our heart to heart segment, I do yeah. just want to say that I we we both know how difficult this time of year can be yeah. uh, for for especially LGBTQ plus individuals out there. Um, you know, I, I've I've been banned from my own Christmas before, so I know how that feels. Um, we do have several blogs that just kind of help you through uh, this time of year, uh, but remember, like it does get better. Uh, yeah. As the Trevor Project says, and you will eventually have a gay family that you uh, spend the holidays with, or at least celebrate uh, those with on occasion. So, yeah, um, stay strong out there. Going into our heart to heart this week, yeah. um, it is it's a Christmas episode, but our heart to heart doesn't necessarily has to have to be Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Um, what is on your mind this week? Of course, the holidays are here. Um, I honestly just said this on the microphone. Like it's for me, it's hard to be away from family on the holidays, and I've mm-hmm. I've I've done it so many years. Like to now, it's it's numb to me. But um, it do Thanksgiving I can get through, but Christmas, you know, I have I have nieces and nephews I haven't met yet. Um, it's just, it's during Christmas time. It's just really hard for me. Cause I used to spoil, spoil my nieces and nephews, the ones that I have met from my sister. But now my sister's married to this Christian guy. And when she married this guy, I stopped hearing from her and it just drew, it drove me away from my nieces and nephews that I used to spend thousands of dollars on for Christmas. Right. 
And so I get really, really, really down and depressed because it's like, um, I don't, I, in my head, I don't want to think that she chose him and not me, but you know, she, she's an adult, make your own decision, but they're from Texas. And I'm sure the guy is like, Oh, you, your brother's a, you know, I hate saying the word the fag or, you know, all this and that. It's just weird that, you know, it just hurt that she, I don't hear from her anymore. And it, it's just, the biggest part is my nieces and nephews. I use, I, right. you know, like I said, I, she don't make a lot of money. And so I used to just spoil them every Christmas. Yeah. And now we're going on the second Christmas where I, you know, I haven't, I won't buy anything from that for them. Um, and and I, I don't know if I'm, am, am I punishing them for being mad at her? Yeah, I, d- I can definitely relate to that. Um, I've got six nieces and nephews. Um, so, you know, for several years, I really didn't have a lot involvement with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but as my nieces and nephews got older, I started realizing, like, it's not their fault for the situations that their parents put me through. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's the truth of the matter is, and a lot of times, my niece and nephews, a lot of them know that I'm gay, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of them are very accepting. They, that you know, it's just not something that is talked about a lot, but mm-hmm. like they are all comfortable with it. Uh, some of them actually even helped to get uh, our stuff ready for uh, Pride this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I think it is important to always like at least try to maintain that relationship with your mm-hmm. nieces and nephews and that younger generation. And I know that's difficult. There's yeah. so many people out there with it's Christmas. A lot of times brings out a lot of family issues, you mm-hmm. know, and and they're young. They're five. They're seven, five, and I haven't even met the the newborns. I've I, I've know two of my nieces, and nephews, but she have four kids now, and I haven't even met the the babies, you know. Yeah. So. Um, it's just, it's just really hard for me because like our family is not a close family at all. So we don't, we don't get together and do anything together. Uh, so my mom tried to make her own family close and it's, you know, that's not even working, you know? So the more you can have a relationship with your niece and nephews and stuff is, is always going to be positive for you because you know, your heart's in the right place regardless of what their parents think. Um, and you know, thankfully, even though, you know, we can hate, uh, sometimes our, the, the Amazon creator, uh, thankfully we, we, we do have Amazon and stuff like that where you can just send people gifts now and, uh, with gift receipts, you know, and stuff so they can get what they want if they don't love it, you know, COVID, uh, really did put a damper on things. Cause I used to fly home for Christmas and take them shopping. You know, and let, mm-hmm. I used to let them go walk to the store and let them pick out what they want. I, I, I didn't want to pick it out for them. It's like, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm making the right decision. Like, you know, and, like I love my nieces and nephews. My sister can. She's a she's a grown woman. She can do what she wants to. But I mm-hmm. love my nieces and nephews. So I just want to make sure that I'm not punishing them by not doing anything for them for Christmas just because I'm mad at her. I would encourage you to do something, you know, even if it's a card or something, yeah. just to kind of try to keep some type of connection with them because they do get older and they're yeah. going to remember these things. And, you know, it's like you said, I, I don't think it really is their fault. And I think yeah. you're going to be shocked when they get older and they are totally supportive and they want to come see you. And, you know, in all reality, my niece and nephews are more family to me than my own brothers at yeah. times uh, because of 
just a change in generational mindset. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there dealing with that kind of same thing. Yeah. Um, yours was much more heart to heart than I feel like mine's <laughs> going to be. <laughs> so, it's like, I just get real it, deep. It, I know because <laughs> like Christmas, I, like I say, I can get through Thanksgiving, but Christmas is because Christmas was the only time my family, we did get together. So it's really hard for me, like, you know, and like then, you know, when I became a flight attendant, it was really hard for me because I was most of the time for Christmas, I was in Canada or someplace where my phone didn't even work. Right. So, but now I'm, I'm here. So normally like last year I curled up on the couch and turned my phone off and, and just like slept all day, you know, and I do give, I have family here in, in Louisville. And I get invited places. It's my decision just to mope and soak in my depression on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes that's the best recovery you could do too. It's uh, yeah. a peaceful time for for you. Um, yeah, I used to do that on Thanksgiving. That was my big holiday where I just did not do anything and yeah. uh, fake sick many a year because I did not want to go places. So. Um, I totally understand that. And I think that's perfectly acceptable for people to do. Uh, well, my heart to heart, like I said, is not as, as uh, Christmassy, but, uh, I, I think for me this week, it, I had a reflection on the fact that like, I have allowed a lot of men to treat me like total shit mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and continue to like give them more and more of my time and like it just tried to to carry on something that wasn't really there mm-hmm. I think I've just finally reached the point where I'm just like I am making a commitment to myself that like I'm not allowing guys to treat me like shit in 2022 mm-hmm. um, so this has been um, something I've really been dealing with because I'm so used to giving people the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. like I have guys interested in me it's not that it's just the guys that uh, I tend to give the time of day are the kind that uh, don't treat me right. And Mm -hmm. it's difficult, but uh, I have been going on a blocking spree (laughs) this week uh, to eliminate a lot of that toxic, you know, energy from my life. Yeah. Um, So I'm hoping it, it kind of pays off. You have to stop and be like, okay, what am I doing? You know, I am, you have to know your worth and you have, you have Mm -hmm. to know, that I'm better, I deserve better than this, you know, and, and you do deserve better. You, the things you, with you are, you know, you pick the wrong guy because you, I, you do have guys that are interested in you, but I, I don't think that the guys that are interested in you, you're not, you, you pick the guys that are not interested in you for some reason. I don't know why. A lot of times. Yeah. You have to say to, you know, uh, yourself, like, what are what qualities are you looking for in a partner? What what are you looking for? See, I think whenever I start making those kind of checklist boxes, though, uh, it puts me in like a dangerous spot because, yeah. like, I'm a Libra, so like yeah. I'm very calculated and organized <laughs> in almost everything I do. But love has a way of just like throwing a Libra to the wolves. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't we we lose all sense of like uh, logic whenever we we fall or start to fall for someone. Um, so I, I mean, I think for me, it's, 
like I'm looking for yeah. quality guys. I'm looking for someone who I, you know I can raise a family with because mm-hmm. I'm hitting that stage where I'm like starting to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I won't call it settling, but I'm ready to find somebody to spend a life with. Um, somebody who we can both promote each other and mm-hmm. like help each other, you know, reach success. Um, and I, I think that's very hard to find in gay world yeah. just because it's the grass is always greener on the other yeah. side. You know, there's always going to be, uh, another face on grinder or, you yeah. know, something that's uh, more appealing. You know, there's so many apps out there, you know, and there's always somebody newer or, or better that people are looking for. Like, I've been content with just being alone. Mm-hmm. Like you, I I fall quick. If if I'm treated right and, and I'm getting what I want, it, I, I fall for them. But, you know, the situation I told you about last week, the guy that I really liked, and then he kept canceling nights that we would hook up and I would... Mm-hmm. I would I would cancel things that with my friends to be with him and he would cancel. So I finally made a decision and say, okay, this is not happening to me again. So you're blocked. I, and it was hard because mm-hmm. you've seen him and oh, yeah. you, and he was, he He's was hot guy. and right. So I had to make a decision. Like I won't be treated like this. So you know, he's yeah. blocked. And I feel like he know where I stay. That's the, this is my problem. If you're that interested in me, you know where I stay. Even if you can't get through to me, you know, my phone could have got cut off because I didn't pay the bill or something. If you know <laughs> where I stay and you really want to be with me, then you come knock on my door yeah, and be like, uh, what's yeah. up? And then if, 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 if a, I can't curse. I want to curse so bad. If, let it have it. Let it have it. <laughs> if a motherfucker do that, then I'm going to be like, yes, you are the one. But like you know, we have to start telling ourselves we we're we're worth we're worth it. For, like yes, but and that's the I think the biggest thing that I it finally made me realize like what was happening is you know I was talking to this person who's just super indecisive. Like anytime mm. that I would invite him somewhere, I'd be like, oh well, I might do that. Let me think about it. And I'm just like, I am so over being someone else's second pick or even yeah. an option in general. Like I, yeah. I, I'm done being the option uh, to what your plans are going to be. Yeah. So uh, from here on out, that's like, I'm very focused on and committed to myself on this. I never hold you to that. You just have to figure out, you have to jot down and figure out what you're looking for and what you expect and, and what you want. And, you know, like I told you, like, you know, I, I'm around you sometimes, and I see the guys look at you and make comments. And what kind of comments? Because that could be bad too. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like he's hot, and you know, oh, you know, Curtis. You know, they be saying things. I'm leaning, but we also know it's a lustful community too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to be careful with you know people that just want to be like, oh, I never had him. So okay, let me have him just mm-hmm. to say I had him. Yeah, you know. Well, I think we both have to commit that we are go- only taking like main character from romance uh, movies into twenty twenty two. We both have to have yeah. this main character energy headed into twenty twenty two. So, um, well, I've already started with uh, as of December twenty second, twenty seventh. 
when my subscription run out on Tinder, I am <laughs> deleting the app and I'm not renewing because Tinder is my worst enemy. Because I'm me, I'm talking to a guy uh, like five or six, eight guys every day, and I can't keep oh the fuck up. No, I can't. So as of the 27th, I will no longer be on Tinder, and I'm just going to continue to chat with the guys that I have made friends with on there and see where things go. Um, but like, I, I have to, I'm just so distracted by Tinder. It's ridiculous. Like <laughs> this morning, I, this morning at work, I spent three hours of my work hours on Tinder. That's a lot. Yeah. You can't do that. That's hard to maintain. Well, I'm going <laughs> to hold you to that and you've got to hold me to mine. So you're getting rid of Tinder and I'm going to uh, not allow guys to treat me like shit this upcoming year. So, yeah, <laughs> so I mean, and go. I don't even know why you allow. You have so much going for you. Like seriously, so much going for you. I just there's not a lot of guys that actually approach me and like that are genuine that don't just yeah. like want sex. And that's that's yeah. the truth. Like I think a lot of you know, guys that are in the public eye and stuff like that, like people approach us and it's almost always like, hey, you're hot. It's not, yeah. hey, what do you do for a living? Hey, tell me about your life. You know, like it's always, hey, you're hot. And, and that's all we get. So uh, well, there you go. Whoever's listening out there that wants to marry me, don't just do that. <laughs> so. well, I think we I think we need other hobbies. I think we got this podcast. Oh, yeah. I think we need to go get some kids and foster <laughs> We need our hands. We need to be busy. We need to make a trip to London, <laughs> uh, which is how yes. I'm going to segue into our guest for this Christmas episode. Uh, I am so excited for this one. He had a number one on uh, Q32, which is the LGBTQ mm -hmm. charts that are picked by the people. Um, and his song, Begging, uh, went number one mm -hmm. on that. Uh, he's got a new album called Mood Swings and Roundabouts. Uh, and I am talking about Patrick St. James from London, not London, Kentucky, but London overseas in England. Okay, so England, he yes. is our first international guest, uh, and I'm really excited to bring him to you all and have you hear his music, which just so happens to be uh, we will be able to play his song on this podcast because of our new uh, situation with Spotify. So we're actually allowed to play music uh, for you all. And so I'm going to start it off with his song, Begging, uh, before mm -hmm. we get into this interview. So let's kick it off. Howdy, howdy, y'all. We are back with another episode of Weathering Rainbows, and we have an amazing guest, uh, our first all the way from overseas. Today we have Patrick St. James. Uh, you will recognize him from some of his great songs, uh, Begging, that is out right now. And I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell us where he's coming from and a little bit about his music. Hi, uh, I'm Patrick St. James. I am originally from Derry in Ireland. I'm now based in Manchester in the UK. I'm a singer-songwriter. Um, kind of pop, kind of soul, a little bit upbeat, lots of ballads, lots of emotion. You remind me a lot of like Adele mixed with years and years. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about like your background. Uh, what was it like coming out uh, and being a part of the LGBTQ community for the first time? 
it was tricky. I grew up in Catholic Ireland, um, so that wasn't very fun. I think other people knew before I did, um, which wasn't wasn't great in terms of me finding myself. Um, I, I don't feel like I got the freedom to do that as such. Um, it was very much um, a case of everyone knew but didn't like it, or everyone assumed, let's say, um, and didn't like it, so therefore didn't like me, and I didn't really get the easiest time. Um, family life's always been, that's always been great. It's very accepting. Um, it's more more like going through school. Um, school and college wasn't great. I mean, that said, I'm very happy being gay. Um, it just took me maybe a bit longer than it should have done to get to that place. What age did you know? I think I knew when I was like probably around 15, but I, I didn't come out until I was like 18, 19. How long have you been singing? Ah, no, this one. I've been writing since I was about, let's say about 15 as well. Um, but I was not a singer at all, by any stretch of the imagination. I couldn't hold a note. Um, I had a lot of <laughs> I had a lot of uh, vocalist friends who I would um, I would get them to sing the tracks that I'd written, and you can only pester people for so long before they start to tell you where to go. Um, so I I had to right. take on that job <laughs> myself. <laughs> well, you managed to land a very well known producer. Um, so tell us what uh, tell us a little bit about that story and how that came to be. I was recording a lot of demos independently and putting them online and I was sending them out to studios that I was looking to work with and one of the demos got picked up by a producer called Joe Cross who's worked with everyone from Lana Del Rey to oh Hertz yeah. and Cortinas. Um yeah, so he sends an email and first of all I I get an email from this this guy that's telling me to come to his studio in a very peculiar part of Manchester. And that, like, I've got my guard up. I'm like, mm, something's a bit, something's a bit not right around or about this. So I, d I don't answer straight away, right. and I just kind of like, yeah, of course I'll come to your studio. <laughs> um, but right. then I, I, I read the email again and clicked the links and seen the people it worked with, and I was like, no, yeah, I will come to your studio. Um, <laughs> How's tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, definitely for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Working with him, um, obviously, you just released an album. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your album and the songs on it? Oh, yeah. Uh, so in the first lockdown, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, so the, the EP itself is very much about um, coming to terms with the diagnosis and also having bipolar with being in a relationship, which is not an easy, yeah. that is not an easy thing to do. Um, so yeah, one, like begging is like me pleading with my partner to, you know, just hold in there. I'm trying to get better. Um, then we've got words. Yeah. I think words is probably my favorite. Um, that's, that's like the, the realization of, you know, it's, it's going to be okay if we let it be okay. Right. Um, I think that was the first time writing that song. Although it, it was a really awful time that I was going through, it was the first like view or glimpse towards the light in the tunnel. Um, my partner actually co-wrote on that track. Um, he co-wrote the the, oh, the wow. bridge section. Yeah. So is he also a singer songwriter? He's not at all. This is the first his first dabble in music. 
I, I'll be honest with you, I was writing, I wrote the verses and the chorus, and they were kind of like, they were hopelessly optimistic, maybe. So, obviously, there was the hopelessness there of, I'm going through all this stuff, and I don't know how I'm feeling. But then the optimism in the chorus, where it's like, you know, it, it will be okay. Um, it's it's very bipolar in itself, um, which I think reflects what I was going through. And then for the bridge, for the bridge, I just could not, I couldn't like there was a mind block in there. I didn't know what I wanted to say. I felt a bit numb towards it at a certain point. And my my boyfriend was like, "Oh, I've got this idea for the bridge." And I'm like, <laughs> "You got an idea for the bridge?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Man, let's hear it. <laughs> and and it worked. It worked really well. It really annoys me because he's like he's annoyingly good <laughs> right. at things that he shouldn't be good at. Um. So yeah, he's just like yeah, okay, I've I've finished your song for you. Yeah, okay, great. I'm the one. I'm I'm the one that's been studying music for like a decade. But sure, you just pull this bridge out of nowhere. Uh, hey, you gotta Thank use you. what works. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that worked really well. It's what I think that's my favorite yeah. to perform live as well. So um, yeah, yeah. and you also have some more uh, ballad type songs too. Yeah. I know uh, Blue Eyes, and uh, you wrote one in 2019, uh, Psychedelic Love Storm. And uh, yeah. I've listened to both of them, and I I think your music is wonderful. Um, definitely gives a lot of those great artist okay. vibes. Um, so who are your musical inspirations out there? You named them, uh, Adele in years and years is like <laughs> two, my top two. Um, I'm also like I can definitely tell their influence for sure. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I like that. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Grace and Chance. And, yeah. And Lauv, I just I love what they do with their their voices. But like one of my one of my idols is Lord. What she can do with her voice mm-hmm. and what she can do with with words and lyrics is just phenomenal. Like she makes you feel things, and she's she's barely even moving her voice. I'm just like, God, that is something else. Right. Like she she is the Lord. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> my my absolute all time idol, the one that I look up to the most, is definitely Adele. I've been following her career since MySpace. It's really really insane to see where she's where she's gone. It's it's madness. But like, she deserves every every single bit of it. What is uh obviously she just released an album as well. What's your favorites from that album? I think um To Be Loved is my fave on that album. It's just yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. My co host has been like listening to it on repeat for the past month, so <laughs> it's it's been yeah. uh an emotional roller coaster for her for sure. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I went through that divorce with her. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah she could definitely bring out those emotions for sure uh so you got to perform at a pride recently uh tell us a little bit about uh that as well as how is the lgbtq community embracing your music so yeah i played manchester pride which is like it's one of the biggest prides in the uk uh, i was expecting to play like a really small stage you know in one of the bars ended up playing like the second biggest stage at like a really wow really insane slot just as the sun was going down in the middle of august like at the end of august sorry like it was it was gorgeous outdoor stage sun going down just playing to like two and a half thousand people it was right there's no words for it Uh, i i still i don't think that's still (laughs) sunken in um i still watch videos from it and i'm like that's me (laughs) 
it's just right. yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely been a highlight were you incredibly nervous or yes and i feel yeah i, I, def- I was definitely nervous um but it was also like the quickest I've calmed down on stage. I do find that yeah. uh you know the the bigger the crowd the less the less nervous I am. Which most people are the yeah. opposite, but I think because of when a crowd's bigger you can't really see faces. Um That's true. So it's less daunting than having like fifty people in front of you. Have you started your tour yet? I know you were doing about four cities over there soon. Yeah, we, that kicks off in March as long as nothing else happens with lockdowns. Um, yeah. But yeah, really, really looking forward to that. It was supposed to happen a little while ago, but with it, obviously with everything that went on in the world. Um, but luckily, uh, we hadn't announced it yet, so I didn't have to cancel it. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, so that kicks off in, in March next year. I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Your uh, song Begging has hit number one on uh, several LGBTQ charts. Um yeah, um, that that's that's kind of overwhelming in in a way, um, <laughs> but in in a good way. Uh, when I found out I went number one, like because it's a voted for charts, so people were going out of their way mm-hmm. daily to to vote for me to to move up the charts, and like I could, I was aware that it was moving up the charts, but it's like when I hit number one and I was told that I was number one, like that feeling was insane. Really, it was yeah yeah, and then not only to hit number one they, they kept me there as well for a few weeks which was q32 i mean that's a very well-known lgbtq chart list and uh it is voted on by fans um uh, which so i mean to be number one that means a lot of people went out of their way to to get you up there so um clearly your songs are resonating uh with the, the audience obviously a lot of times we see lgbtq artists uh venture out into uh more wild fashion choices. Uh, you know, you've got Lady Gaga and Little Nas X and uh, the Met Gala and stuff like that, where they they have some pretty uh, wild outfits. Um, is this anything we are going to see from you? And I mean, I hope so. Uh, if someone wants to make me a meat dress, <laughs> I'll happily slay that on stage when I'm on tour. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's it's something that I, I feel as though I may not be quite confident enough to do just yet. But it's something that I would absolutely do, you know, if I had the right team of people around me that I trusted when they say that you look good in this. As long as I felt comfortable, I would I, I'd wear anything as long as I'm comfortable. That's um, great. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all look forward to uh, the, the future choices in your fashion. Uh, so <laughs> um, let's go into our do's and don'ts segment uh, real quick. Our do's and don'ts segment is basically you get to pick a topic. Um, to kind of give LGBTQ rural kids some advice. Um, it can be on literally anything. So uh, what do's and don'ts of advice would you have for them? Um, I think I'll keep it music related for any LGBTQ yeah. musicians out there. Do be supportive of other other queer artists and just don't be rude. There's so many, there's so many people I've come across over the past couple of years that have too much to say about certain things I, it's no one needs that no one needs the shade we, <laughs> we deal with enough of that from from people outside of the community without having to deal with it internally as well um yeah just keep your keep any internalized homophobia to yourself tell us your most like comedic uh story from your lgbtq experience so far oh god um 
<laughs> There's so many, I'm not sure I could say any of them. <laughs> um, how PG is this show? <laughs> we are explicit, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> My mom's going to listen to this. Um, I'll, I'll play it safe. I'll tell you the psychedelic love storm story. Um, oh, he's going to hear this. Oh, that's cringe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I used to live with a guy, a straight guy, um, that I had a bit of a crush on at the time. Um, oh God, and <laughs> <laughs> and he moved out, and at the end of one of our years of studying, and and then the following year, we were still friendly but like not living together, um, and then he did that typical straight friend thing that they do, and used me as a little bit of a guinea pig, um, hence oh what, oh. what psychedelic <laughs> love storm is all about. Um, you know, I've been waiting all night just for this that kind of vibe. Um, yeah, talking about like waiting a lifetime and whatever. Um, I think he was very aware of how I felt and very much played on that. But like to me, that that is just one of the the most embarrassing situations I've ever allowed myself to get in. Even though like no one right. knows about it, it's it's something that like gives me severe anxiety that I allowed that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to uh, dealing with straight guys. Uh, uh, you know that's. Always a always a heap of trouble whenever uh, you start developing feelings Why are they and so things like though? that. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. You, I think uh, I always like to tell the story. Uh, that's one of the main reasons I came out was uh, I fell in love with a straight boy, you know, and uh, finally was like, you know, I've just got to tell them. You know, I've got to. I've got to figure out if they're gay or not. And uh, it was in the middle of a snowstorm. And so, like, I'm, you know, intoxicated and I run outside in the middle of a snowstorm to, like, go to this boy's house to tell him, you know. So, <laughs> definitely, oh straight boys will get you in a heap of trouble. <laughs> that's def- that's some serious main character syndrome there, though. Like, that, that's a right. movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, obviously, you are in a relationship now. Yes. Um, hopefully not with a straight boy, right? <laughs> not, not last time I checked, anyway. Right. <laughs> so how is that? Obviously, uh, most of your LGBTQ artists, they either will hide uh, their relationship or be very private about their relationship. Um, it seems like you have uh, allowed it to come public uh, on your Instagram and different things. Um, so what is that like actually having a significant other and being a musical artist? Do you know, I've never been asked this before. It's actually a really good question. Um I think before I got into the relationship, I had always been of the mindset where my career will be separate to my private life. Very much like what Adele mm. did. Um, right. But I think because like we, we got into a relationship not long before like lockdown and stuff happened, um, I just think there's so much negativity in the world that like, and then especially like besides COVID, especially within the queer community, there's so much negativity that we face on a daily basis. That like my my relationship is one of the main sources of happiness in my life. So I don't see why I should hide that from anyone. I think I should share that more than anything. Especially like I think growing up, if it had been shown to me that it wasn't all the doom and gloom that you see on TV and movies, and it wasn't it wasn't the heartache and the constant straight or constant chasing straight guys that there is actual happiness out there that i would have felt a lot more secure coming out and dealing with my sexuality so yeah i mean i 
don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not holding him in the spotlight. I'm not like dragging him on stage with me, but I'm not gonna hide him right. either. So, yeah. How does he feel about the uh limelight that you're getting currently? Uh yeah, he's he's very proud. Um it's <laughs> it's tricky it's a tricky one though, when you're when you're dating a songwriter. I I say that like I've ever dated one, but it can't be easy because if, <laughs> if I was dating a songwriter and they were writing about the things that we go through, I'm not sure I would be particularly comfortable with it. But he handles it like a champ. So, this and hopefully there's never a breakup album. That's that's what I'm gonna hope for you all. I hope not. <laughs> although I did tell him when we got together <laughs> that he'll probably have to break up with me so I can write the album and then we can get back together. <laughs> yeah, do do like a one month stint, you know, and then you know get back together. Don't yeah. don't. Uh, don't do a Taylor Swift or a Adele where it's like a permanent thing. So, <laughs> yeah, do more like Pink. Really, she's constantly breaking up with her husband and writing about it, and then getting back together. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of my personal faves. So, oh, yeah, definitely do it. Do more Pink style on that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ever planning on coming overseas and Absolutely. and singing for the U.S.? Absolutely, that's definitely something that's in the in the works. It's just it's one of those things that's really tricky at the minute. Like no one no one knows what we can what we can and can't do. Um that's why like even booking the right. the tour within the UK, as much as we're we're pushing ahead as though it's gonna one hundred percent happen, you can't help but doubt that something may come up and change that. Um so that's why for this time round we're keeping the, the tour quite small and very close to home. Um just to minimize disappointment and cancellations but yeah absolutely yeah. as soon as i can i'll be there i've never been to the states i'm really excited to come over what has been your strangest experience uh with a fan so far oh um i talk about mental health a lot when i'm playing shows um and i've had i've had like people come up to me after i come off stage and full-on cry in my face because i've spoken so openly about my story um I wouldn't say it's so it's strange as such that that happened. I think it's strange to me that it happened to me, if that makes sense. So I don't yeah. think it's it's strange that people are crying because someone's talking about mental health and they're they're feeling um like they've got someone that reflects them talking openly. But because it's me, I think that's what I find strange about it. Uh, but yeah, like there's right. been a few times that people come up to me after I come off stage and they're just crying and I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm a right, singer. I'm, yeah. I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix this. <laughs> so how how do you manage? Obviously, uh, you got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, that's a it can be incredibly daunting, uh, just because of the way that it can you know affect your uh, chemical imbalances and stuff like that. And how do you how do you currently deal with that as an artist? Um, one day at a time. Um, it's it's been it's been a horrendous two years since like yeah it's coming up to two years um this month i believe it's two years since my diagnosis and it's just been it's just been a roller coaster so yeah like i've very much got into the mindset of it's one day at a time that the more i try and handle it once the harder it is and the, the more likely i'm going to be in- unstable um so yeah stability comes with taking it easy and just not putting too much pressure on myself and medication yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I think one thing people uh, really ought to, ought to know is, you know, a lot of your artists out there are, are struggling with various mental health issues or uh, personality disorders. 
um, a lot of times that is what drives them to uh, be so great. Um, you know, especially like if you're uh, bipolar, some of the even the more manic episodes that that leads to amazing, you know, work and, and, and stuff like that. So I think it's it's important to also know, you know, rural uh, kids out there, like your mental health, even though it is difficult to deal with, is something that can actually, you know, inspire you, um, such as it did uh, Patrick on his latest album, uh, Mood Swings and Roundabouts. Um, so, and, and the reason I say that is uh, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And I think for me, what helped was knowing it and, and getting that diagnosis, like you then can start like addressing some of those symptoms um, and things like that. So do you think it's helped since knowing your diagnosis? Um, yeah, it's I, because now I know what I'm dealing with. Whereas in the past, I, I thought that I, I just, I always felt like something was wrong, but that it was my fault that I was certain ways or maybe mm-hmm. like I didn't know how to handle certain things. Um, but now that that there's a name to what's happening, um, yeah, it's absolutely it's it's easier to handle. Doesn't make it um, any nicer to live with, but at least I know it's not me. It's it's something that I've right. had that, that's causing that. So yeah, it's it's been. I think it's the validation of hearing the 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 name of it and the diagnosis. Like that was the first time yeah. I felt normal. I suppose. Right. It gives you definitely that sense of, of relief um, that yeah. kind of comes over you. It's like, okay, it's not just me. There is something that uh, is kind of causing this and, and you can kind of get help that way now that you know what it is. Um, so thank you for talking about that. Um, mental health is such a huge issue for our viewers and listeners. Um, and it's always nice whenever somebody's willing to be vulnerable uh, with that. Um so let's go to the LGBTQ community. Um, what are the things that uh, you've really enjoyed about the LGBTQ community? And what things would you like to see changed? Um, so enjoyed the men. <laughs> Don't um, we all? I've enjoyed the, the, the sense of community. Um, it's... Especially since moving to Manchester, because Manchester is such a gay-friendly city, it was surreal to me. I think when before I moved here, even while even within like the first couple of of years of living here, b- until I got into the relationship with my boyfriend, I had a lot of, um, a lot of like internalized homophobia that I didn't know I had, and I was projecting that. That's, that's not something that I'm proud of at all. Um, but yeah, like mm-hmm. I was, I was avoiding, um. I was avoiding like the the idea of being gay. I was avoiding anyone that was within the community. I was avoiding gay bars, all of it. I was not on the scene at all, um, and I was surrounding myself with straight females. Um, right. So yeah, I, I was I was really struggling with that. So, but like since coming to Manchester and and especially with my current partner, um. He's taught me a lot about myself and, and helped me get past a lot of the internalized homophobia, which I know was caused by what I went through at school. Like I'm hyper aware of that. I know that that's what it is. It's if the if if you hear something enough times your brain starts to believe it. So I started hearing that, you know, it was unnatural and I was people hated me, so I started hating myself. Um right. so that's that's what I was dealing with when I moved here. Um but yeah, getting past that and very much 
loving the the sense of community and that everyone t- tends to have for the majority everyone tends to have each other's back and it's just like fun times and and more more often than not like drama free um as opposed to with the right groups yeah yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. but that said you get dicks everywhere yeah um yeah <laughs> everywhere going off of that um obviously you know you did grow up in a, a catholic environment um and you had these kind of preconceived notions of the lgbtq community um it seems like uh, your current relationship really helped you out there um but are there still things that you would like to see changed um have you have you had any bad experiences uh with lgbtq like bars and community members and stuff like that oh yeah um one of the things that really gets me like just really it's really upsetting to see is community members that are transphobic and so blatantly transphobic Mm -hmm. like i may not be personally affected by that but that's members of our community like i'm not going to sit and watch that happen um and as far as i'm concerned if you can't accept us all then you're not one of us um definitely because we're more than we're more than just a bunch of gay men and it's about time the community realized that. Um, there's so much yeah. more to us than that. We're a rainbow. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's definitely true. And, and I do think we see that a lot. It's kind of one of our, uh, I would say, one of our final frontiers in, in the LGBTQ community is just that uh, trans acceptance. I think there's still a yeah. lot of uh, beliefs out there that, that really struggle with the idea that uh, gender may not always be as, as assigned at birth. Um, yeah. So, um, I definitely appreciate you bringing that up on this show because that's something we preach on too. So <laughs> yeah, it's like especially um, when people like you know I know a few people that deliberately misuse pronouns, and uh, that's right. just not that's not right. Like you you can't be doing that. But you if you're aware of it, it's not hard to use the word they. We do it daily. Just use it. Right. Obviously, you grew up in a in a pretty rural area uh, before kind of going into. Uh, the cities that you're in now, um, what would you tell other LGBTQ kids that are growing up in situations uh, like what you grew up and uh, just give them some general advice on, on growing up there? It gets better. Um, I know, I know even like from where I grew up um, people that are growing up gay there now have it relatively easier than it was when I was growing up. Um, in the same way, I had it easier than the people that came before me. It was still horrendous, but it was easier than they had it. Um, things are getting better, but slowly. Um, use your voice. Be heard. Stand up for yourself. And don't take any shit. Oh, and be you, always. That is uh, perfect advice. So uh, we will go into our last segment, um, which is called our Pot of Gold Question. Um, it's an opportunity for you to ask me one question of anything of your choosing, and I will follow up with one final question uh, to end the interview. Okay. Um, I want to word this right so I don't sound I don't sound really dumb. Um, okay. So whether it's been from dealing with self acceptance or homophobia or come to terms of like queer culture, do you feel your sexuality has impacted your mental health in any way? That's a very great question. Um, I absolutely think that uh, 
dealing with my sexuality was a major player uh, in developing borderline personality disorder. Um, uh, with borderline personality disorder, you deal with things like uh, abandonment. Uh, there's a, a lot of abandonment issues that come along with that. Um, and you know, whenever I came out, I was abandoned. I was abandoned by most of my family members. Um, thankfully, most of my friends were always there, but most of my family uh, kind of abandoned me due to being super missionary Baptist uh, background. Um, so obviously that contributed to it, um, made me a lot more impulsive, um, which is can be very dangerous uh, in the LGBTQ community. Um, it also causes things like uh, a lot of suicidal ideation um, and stuff. So dealing with a lot of those kind of issues uh, kind of played hand in hand uh, with me being gay. Uh, gay relationships, a lot of times are very difficult. Uh, you know, people ghost all the time, people, uh, which I don't know how many relationships you've been in or your dating experience before your current boyfriend. <laughs> so, so you know um, that it can be a wild ride, you know, and uh, so dealing with my mental health in terms of uh, my borderline personality disorder uh, could be very difficult uh, when relationships would end. Um, but knowing it, has helped me uh, knowing that this exists and that it's not just me. Um, I'm able to recognize it and kind of cure those red flags along the way. So, yeah, great question. Oh, you should be really proud of that. I'm sorry that I'm sorry that you had to go through the things that you went through, but you should be really proud of yourself for the way that you've handled it. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and it's uh, you know, and I know you can relate. You know, going yeah. through any sort of disorder is uh, it's a rough time, but. I think it really does. It makes us tremendously stronger um, as individuals. Um, and so many LGBTQ people out there are dealing with the exact same things that you and I have gone through. Going off of that, uh, my question is going to be super uh, different than a serious one. Um, I've asked you a lot of serious questions today. Uh, we are coming up on Christmas. What is your favorite Christmas song and when uh, are we going to get either a Christmas album or a uh, uh cover of some sort of this song um actually this is this is a good question i've been working on this um i think <laughs> it's a toss-up between um have yourself a merry little christmas and fairy tale of new york um yeah i love both but i think the one that i would quicker sing would be have yourself a merry little christmas the christmas album um you might get that when i'm in my 30s I just feel like that's that's a very 30s <laughs> thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not quite there yet. Um, yeah, uh, but but you may get a cover of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas very soon. Maybe this holiday season. That would be season. great. <laughs> there we go. All right. Just to let everybody know again, um, you can go on Spotify and check out Patrick St. James. Um, you can check out, a, he's got an Instagram and I'm sure he's got, tons of other social media uh, that we will list in our podcast description. Um, but his recent album, uh, Mood Swings and Roundabouts, is out, and you should definitely go take a listen. Uh, he's, he's got a great career ahead of him. He's already been number one on LGBTQ charts, um, and we will, I'm sure, see him in the future on uh, you know billboards and all that kind of stuff, too. So, uh, thank you so much, uh, Patrick, for being on the show. Uh, we really do appreciate all the, the time you spent and, and things that you've shared with our audience. Thank you for having me. I was, I was very nervous, but you put me at ease.
I think I was more nervous uh, about the the idea of talking about growing up gay than I was about anything else. Because n- don't really talk about that very much. It's always up about the music. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you. You put me at ease. The vulnerability is always always difficult even for people that sing in front of you know two and a half million people like you so (laughs) but thank you again and we will uh be releasing this close to christmas well folks that's all the time we have for today don't forget to come on back now i know we all love a little vibration so if you're not already go ahead and subscribe to this podcast and we will surprise you on occasion with a new release vibration in your pocket. But in the meantime, if you find yourself alone or crossing new horizons along the rainbow trail and you need a friend or even a laugh to get you through those dark and stormy nights, holler on out to us at www.weatheringrainbows.com where you can find shelter in the blogs, videos, and other episodes that will hopefully keep you out of a whole heap of trouble. So until next time, y'all, giddy up, be true to yourself, and make the best of life. And wherever the wild tracks may lead you, may the rainbow always touch your shoulder.